Hello. Welcome to the Daily Cron for Monday, May 13th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. So we got to talk about that penultimate episode of Game of Thrones yesterday. But that means I will be talking about spoilers. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, this is your spoiler warning. Spoilers. Okay. So if you're still with me after that warning, let's talk about it. Because it was a pretty divisive episode on social media. And uh, and I understand why. The primary divisive point here was Daenerys' heel turn in the uh, middle of the episode, I guess. Where she goes full Mad Queen and starts strafing the entire city, men, women, and children, soldiers alike. And it becomes a moral free-for-all. And all of her soldiers just start going nuts and uh, killing everybody. And Jon Snow just kind of stands there befuddled and unable to do anything. And, you know, I understand why that is upsetting to a lot of people. But I'm going to say I really liked that turn. It's what I wanted from the show for many years now. I, I always expected it or hoped for it. I've never really liked Daenerys as a character, to be to be honest. Uh, I always thought she was essentially a crazy person. Like, they have her, obviously, like, very coldly uh, and remorselessly killing a lot of people in the show. And, yeah, a lot of times she's killing terrible people, but this is Game of Thrones. Nobody's innocent in the show. So, you know, and oftentimes her her rash decisions and her temper have gotten her in trouble and made things arguably worse, you know? So, you know, I, I think she was a great example of a gray character. I think every character in Game of Thrones is is really gray. Some are more on the light side, some are more on the dark side, but no one is, like, completely righteous. And the most righteous characters tend to get their heads lopped off or get killed at red weddings or something. So, and usually their name's Stark. <laughs> you know, but uh, th- that's the type of show that this is. But anyway, so I think they foreshadowed her turn very well for eight seasons. I, I completely disagree with people who who don't believe that was the case. We thought it was came out of nowhere. I think the impression that Daenerys' heel turn came out of nowhere comes from the pacing problems that have plagued the show for years now, because they've been trying to push too much plot into too little time, too many characters had to be moved around, and they had an end goal. They had an overall narrative arc to complete, and I I think about this show more like a chessboard, and the characters are the pieces, and they're working in different formations, and they need need to get somewhere and sometimes that means they need to sacrifice characters literally, or they need to sacrifice logic <laughs> sometimes, and or maybe only give you brief sketches of of why characters may be doing something or not doing something, because you can't get inside their head as easily in a TV show. So it's hard to know what they're thinking, and and you know they try to do their best, but they had to do things quickly. So they they did put that little previously on section, which was attempting to remind you about all the times Daenerys was kind of touching the dark side, as it were. So you would remember, like, this was foreshadowed, and this is this actually makes sense, and I think it does make sense. But anyway, I thought it was a good turn. I, I like it because her character has always been uh, an interesting one, and I think having her as the final villain of the series is the most interesting version of her. Because much like Thanos in Infinity War, She's crazy, she does horrible, inexcusable things, but she's also done other things that make her more sympathetic, and so you kind of can understand where she's coming from, even if you cannot possibly accept what she's doing. 
So it's morally wrong. It's reprehensible. But it's like they've told you, they've shown you enough about her character, you can see logically how she'd get there and how she'd think that was the right thing to do. Because ultimately, like all good villains, Daenerys is a hero of her story. She thinks she's doing the right thing. She thinks she is saving future generations from tyranny. And in fact, she herself has become the, tyr- the tyrannical ruler, is, is what it looks like, anyway. So I like that. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's poetic and very much on, on brand here for Game of Thrones. Okay, but there's other stuff that happens in this episode. So let me give it like, a little bit of review. Again, I thought this was a great episode. I thought it was probably the best of the season. Maybe the best, one of the best of the series. Uh, let's start, just go through it real quick. From the beginning, we have the attack. Coming from above, from the sun. Uh, and I thought the cinematography and the visuals were the strongest part of this episode. They're just gorgeous, stunning. And we have everything from uh, kind of a POV on the back of a dragon strafing things and flying over the water to we have wide vistas, shots of the city and, and being burned and destroyed. We have on the ground, very chaotic and harrowing. Uh, you know, low-angle shots of the destruction happening all around. Very intense stuff. But anyway, so we, we, go, we go with um, Daenerys swooping down and attacking the Iron Fleet, and she dispatches them pretty quickly. And, it's, and the first thing I thought was, why is she so easily able to get rid of these scorpions that have been a major problem that killed one of her remaining dragons last episode? And you know what? That's a logic hole that's not going to be filled. You know what the real reason is, I think, is that they wanted to move forward with the plot. They wanted to get to the, the moment where she turns. And you can't do that if you're constantly thinking about these scorpions or you have from some protracted plan to get past them. There just isn't enough time. So they have to speed things up. Okay, so they're sacrificing logic for narrative. And I can respect that, and I think they made the right choice in this case. So it is just a little weird. It's just a little funny. She just kind of very not very it looks like very leisurely just kind of strafes back and forth and just destroys all of the scorpions the entire iron fleet and all the scorpions and now there's nothing to stop her dragon she just has this creature of a of mass destruction and nothing can stop her so she she blows through the back of the front entrance killing the entire golden company essentially in the process so they never get to fight anybody which is a little disappointing because they were so hyped up but it's also kind of funny because they were so hyped up it's it's you know it's kind of a funny subversion there. Um, <clears throat> so then J- John comes in with uh, the rest of Daenerys' troops and they start mopping up as it were, and, uh, and and then in the meantime, off screen like all these things keep happening off screen in the show again. I think because of time issues, off screen Jamie had been captured trying to get back to King's Landing when he left stupidly last episode, and Tyrion basically sets them free, and they have one of the highlights of the episode is their conversation. The two brothers, and Tyrion uh, confesses to him that he doesn't think he'd even be alive. He never would have made it through childhood without his brother, Jamie, you know, looking out for him. So despite their differences, they're still very close. They still love each other, and they're saying goodbye because one or both of them is going to be dead in this episode and the next, and that turns out to be true. So Jamie's supposed to go on a mission to enter through like the secret entrance that Tyrion knows about on the beach uh, to go into the, in there, find uh, Cersei and get her to ring the bells. And she, he sort of convinced, or he thinks he convinced Daenerys to halt the attack when the bells sound because that'll be the surrender. 
And so Jamie has trouble getting in there, and it takes him a while to get in there. So he doesn't get in there before all the shit goes to hell. But before, though, he just, like, runs into, what, Euron, right? <laughs> just on the peach. Like, he just pops up out of nowhere, again, because they wanted this fight, not because it makes a whole lot of sense he's just there. So <clears throat> they have a battle, which is kind of pretty brutal, and, uh, you know, Jamie wins, but I'm pretty sure he's mortally wounded and yet still able to walk all the way through town and get make his way to to uh, Circe. That's weird. But anyway, <clears throat> while Jamie's trying to get through there, John and the troops are, you know, down the ground, and Daenerys is, is doing her thing. And then there comes a moment where it's clear that Daenerys is won, and the citizens are calling for the bells to be rung, and then they ring. But this is where Daenerys' heel turn comes in. She looks at the Red Keep and lets emotion take control of her, and, and I think it's, I think it was well foreshadowed, but a lot of people are angry at this point. But she, I think it's it's the lack of friends around her, lack of advisors anymore. Everyone around her, she thinks, has betrayed her. Her lover is is a threat now to her. Cersei's up in that red tower in her ancestral home, looking down at her, and really, and and her best friend just had her head chopped off, and and la- her last words were to basically burn them all. And so she does. She gives into that rage that we've seen multiple times in the series, many times on the series for eight years now. And she gives into it because there's nobody there to pull her back from the brink. And I think that was the main reason why Tyrion as well was mysteriously stupid for so many episodes now, where like every decision he makes is dumber than the last. And and actually, I will agree that a lot of that writing was kind of out of character for him, because I don't think he's that naive. I mean, family is a blind spot, but honestly, he believed his sister was going to send troops up to help them against the Night King, you know? Like, seriously. He seriously thought he was going to be able to convince her to like open the gates at the last episode? Like, come on. I think the... um. A lot of that was just so that he would be around for the end of the series, but not be a trustworthy enough advisor to pull her back on the brink, because they wanted to isolate her. And as I've said multiple times, an isolated Targaryen is very dangerous. So she has no friends, she has no advisors, so she's angry, and she's like, screw it. Uh, uh, Also, she had a whole conversation with Jon where she said that the people of Westeros love Jon, but they're never going to love her, so she chooses fear. So this also goes along with that. She's going to instill fear in the populace because, in her mind, she's doing the right thing for future generations. They'll not live on. They'll no longer live under tyranny because she's going to free them from tyranny by being tyrannical. I don't know. She's a crazy person, but that's her plan. She's going to instill fear in the population. What better way to do that than just indiscriminately strafe the streets of King's Landing, killing everything? And it is brutal. And it's <clears throat> it's one of those beautiful beautifully rendered kind of effects shots and throughout the episode she's just kind of like a background character in the episode kind of like a background of a video game reminds me of a more like mortal kombat 3 when it's like this post-apocalyptic world and there's all this stuff happening in the background and like that's her like every once in a while you see her dragon or you know you'll see flames come down from somewhere she'll zoom in and, and just like shoot up a road or something like that um so she's doing that, and while she's doing that, Jamie's trying to get to Cersei, and then Arya and the Hound have snuck in. And they get all the way up to the Red Keep, and Daenerys has destroyed most of it already at this point. It's like falling apart, and the Hound convinces Arya to go back. This and says he he chose long ago to to basically die getting his revenge, but Arya doesn't have to do that. So 
convinces her to leave. And yes, that is also a thing that was criticized because it does seem stupid and a little bit out of character. Why did she come all the way up there? Because they wanted a main character as a viewpoint character for the rest of the episode. So while we sacrifice some logic there, what we gain is some of the most harrowing on the ground, like disaster movie type scenes I've ever seen. And because it happens in like a fantasy world with a dragon attacking you, it's even more terrifying. Add to that, I I really felt, at least for for a lot of it, that Arya could bite it at any time. Because she already kind of fulfilled her purpose in the narrative, right? She killed the Night King. She doesn't necessarily need to be around for the final episode. But by the third time or whatever, she gets up from the rubble, I knew she had plot armor. <laughs> but even so, it's still more fun, I think, for the audience to latch on to a main character. And that's why they put her there. So she tries to find a way out of King's Landing all the way from the Red Keep, which is truly harrowing. And, and she meets a lot of uh, random random citizens along the way, tries to help them, watches them get burned to a crisp and killed by rubble and stuff and barely makes it out alive. At the very end, she wakes up in the rubble. It's kind of beautiful because it's all this, it's beautiful in a horrible way. All these ashes are falling down. It's the ashes of the citizens that Daenerys has burned. And that reminds you of that, what is that, season two or something, House of the Undying, whatever it was called, the, uh, where Daenerys had that vision of her in a destroyed throne room with snow coming down. Um, but perhaps it was actually Ash. Dun, dun, dun. They also uh, pay off the scene we saw in Brona Brand's visions where there's a dragon silhouette flying over over King's Landing. They actually do that scene again, but they show that the shadow is being is, is being cast by Drogon as as Daenerys is destroying the city. So that was that was a nice payoff too. So only at the end, Arya wakes up covered in dust and uh, and the the ashes of her of the citizens around her. Also uh, reminded me of um, the War of the Worlds remake from years ago. They had a really harrowing uh, scene like that when the invaders start attacking and they have, they shoot people with their death rays and they just kind of puff into dust. And then you, you there's there's a scene where um where Tom Cruise is like looking at himself in the mirror and he realizes he's covered in his neighbor his neighbors because they got dusted all around him. Yeah, it was like that. <clears throat> uh, and then she. She sees a white horse standing there somehow and gets on the horse and rides out. You're like, okay, so she's going to obviously go try to kill Daenerys, I guess. I don't know if she'll succeed or anything, but she's trying. So uh, Jamie actually finds Cersei at some point. But before we get there, Cersei is trying to escape with Clyburn, Kyburn, and the mountain. The hound catches up with them on a beautiful, uh, desolate stairwell. It's like broken castle. You can see outside the burning city and the dragon flying around the background. and. And they're at the top of the stairwell, and then uh, the mountain ends up killing like Kyburn real quickly when he tries to interfere with uh, him going after his brother. And so Cersei just kind of walks out of the scene, which is very funny. Walks right past the hound because he doesn't care. And then you have Clegane Bowl, which we've been all waiting for for years, and it was pretty epic. I gotta say, I liked it a lot. You got to see, uh, you got to see the hound just pound his brother. And because his brother's a freaking zombie, the the mountain, uh, the zombie mountain here is just taken, and he's just you know he's just taking it, like, you know, like it's not even phasing him. Eventually, his armor and his helmet comes off. You get to see how messed up he is underneath that stuff, and you 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 finally get a kind of poetic end to both of them as the hound takes him, like runs and and knocks him through a wall, and they fall out of the red keep into a fire below. It's a poetic end to both those characters, and. 
I thought it was pretty fitting. I don't know how else you were supposed to end the Hound's uh, storyline. It worked, and I thought it was a it was a cool, very brutal battle. I liked it. So there you go. Um, what else is going on? Uh, Jamie had a battle with Euron as he tries to make his way into the Red Keep. He wins, but is mortally wounded. Eventually, he does find Cersei, and they try to escape through the underground tunnels that he came in on, but they're all blocked. And and they realize that there's no escape. The castle starts collapsing on top of them, and in their last moments, they kind of hold each other and look at each other, and it's supposed to be kind of, I don't know, like, I don't know, romantic or something. I hate to say romantic because it's gross because they're siblings. <laughs> but, it, you know, those characters, I think, were always going to die together. Like, they're incredibly tragic characters. They're, they've done horrible, horrible things in the show. Jamie had a really interesting character arc where it seemed like he was, uh, you know, turned to leaf or whatever, and he had that brief bit of happiness with Brienne. But ultimately, he is just fatally flawed and addicted to Cersei, as it were, and goes back to her. And they could have handled that better in the show, perhaps, but I understand where they're coming from. Because time and time again, he always goes back to her. And so it's kind of poetic, again, that they die there. A lot of people were disappointed that they died just by having rubble dumped on their head. I get that, but it's like, you know, what else were they going to do? I thought it worked out, because just the two of them alone, with no hope, and... Uh, you know, I thought it worked. I thought it worked for their characters. I didn't mind that, you know. So they're gone. And then, so we had Arya go through that. We had them gone. Um, Euron's dead. Man, uh, Varys. We forgot, forgot Varys. Varys uh, had betrayed Daenerys. And he gets, in a really cool scene in the beginning, he gets uh, just roasted by Drogon, whose head comes out of the shadows from above. Daenerys is creepy. And he just, he just gets killed because he, he thinks John should rule, that Daenerys is basically crazy. And you see him writing stuff, and then last, the last thing you see him, and he's, he was writing a note, and then he burned it because I guess he didn't have time to send it. Pretty sure he was sending the, the information around. I don't know what else he could have been doing with that. He, he was writing down about John and the parentage and everything. So I'm pretty sure he was sending those notes out there, and he didn't expect to survive. And he didn't, because and Tyrion says goodbye to him, which is also a very poignant scene, because Tyrion says goodbye to two his two closest people in the whole world here, Varys and, and his brother Jaime. Uh, and he watches Varys get roasted uh, for betraying Daenerys. That's another death. And then finally, we have, uh, I guess, the Daenerys just ends up destroying everything, most of the Red Keep. Arya gets out. John eventually retreats because Daenerys has gone so crazy. She's just like indiscriminately destroying stuff. And if they don't get out, her own men are going to be killed. And so the episode kind of ends with her having having destroyed the city, and most most of the characters are dead. And so, what are my predictions for the future here? Uh, Mad Queen Daenerys thinks she's doing the right thing, but Tyrion did betray her last episode, and he was warned that if he did one more time. She was going to kill him. So I put the odds of Tyrion living kind of low at this point, but I hope that he does make it because he is my favorite character. And I think the ending I'd like to see in the show, I think the ending that work, that would work the best narratively and actually give you hope would not be the ending with Daenerys on the throne even before she turned. It would not be an ending with Jon on the throne either because both cases, you're just repeating 
the cycle. The wheel is not going to be broken with either of them on the throne. They're both Targaryens. Uh, they're both like you know aristocrats. They're both you know they're both royalty, <clears throat> as it were. No, no, no. The way you break it, I think, is if Tyrion ends up on the throne, and and if Jon and Daenerys probably take each other out somehow, or maybe Arya helps. But I would I would think that Tyrion being the last man standing would actually I think work the best narratively for me. Because then you'd you'd have a real chance at changing things. I mean they destroyed King's Landing. Like if there's no better time in the history of this like universe here to fundamentally change how things operate. They got rid of the Night King, so he's not a threat anymore. And they got rid of the Mad King and the Targaryens at that point if they if Tyrion's the only one left. And so why not? So have Tyrion, even though it's not a traditional choice, the people might actually go along with him because he's competent. And he, but on the other hand, that's a hard sell because in general, the people have never treated him very well. And they've, they've always treated him like garbage, even when he saved their lives. Uh, so that's why I'm not sure how they would make it logical that he ends up there unless he just happens to be the last person left. I guess it could work then. Even, but maybe with all the destruction and stuff, you know, if he's the one instrumental in stopping um, Daenerys, who at this point, you know, I think would be would look like a usurper. <clears throat> but maybe, but I think what's going to happen if, if Varys was sending out that those notes, then the people are going to want they're going to know it's John. So it's going to end up being John in the end, probably on the throne, or John with uh, Tyrion, and then. When John dies, that's why Tyrion is able to assume the throne because people like trust him for being associated with John. I don't know. That's either however they do it. It's a lot of stuff to fit into like an hour and whatever minutes for the final episode. So I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, it's probably not going to feel as satisfying as everyone would like. But so far, it's been pretty satisfying, taking into account the limitations that they have. So my final prediction. I want it to be Tyrion on the throne. I think that would break the wheel. I think that would be the the best indicator of that the cycle was actually broken. And then Daenerys, I think, is 80% chance or better that she bites it next episode. And I give Jon a 50-50 chance. And if Jon does live, then obviously he ends up on the throne. And Tyrion, I think I give... And Jon and Tyrion, I feel like they're, like, connected. Like, either one lives, I, I don't think both will live. So I think one of them is going to bite it, and I give it 50-50 odds for either one. But I'm almost certain that Daenerys will bite it, because I don't see how else they can do it. Her character can't be redeemed from this. It's mass murder. Like, What are they supposed to do, especially in one episode? If they had like a multiple seasons or a season or something, maybe. But so I'm pretty sure she's a goner, and it'll have something to do with Arya and Jon. It'll be involved, but I don't, I don't know how. So we'll see. So that's my little my little brief review and discussion. I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, one of the best episodes they've done, and certainly visually, it is stunning and very compelling, and well worth a watch for that alone. Even if you're upset by Daenerys's character turn or or whatever in this episode, I think you can still get a lot of enjoyment just from just witnessing the the efforts they went into making this a very dark and like just but yet beautiful episode because it, it has all these amazing visuals. But when you think about what they're actually seeing, it's just horrible. And that's like the best kind of tragic film or, or, or tragic scene where, you know, it, you, you get that kind of aesthetic uh, 
positive you know view and then on a very dark subject matter. I think it works. I think it works really well, uh, actually. So I liked it. Can't wait to see next week's final episode. If you have your own, if you have your own opinion about this, you want a voice to me or about this episode, you loved it or hated it, or if you want to share with me your predictions for who actually ends up on the throne at the end of next episode, if there even is a throne, then you can uh, contact me. I'm on Twitter at Stolton, uh, and you can also find a contact form on the website and some other social media links at dailycronpodcast.com. That's going to be it for this episode. Talk to you next time. Later. Come